0: Good evening, you are listening to the Yena Podcast. This is a special breaking news edition, the bonus content on August the 23rd of 2022. And with me tonight, I've got Roman. Hello. And Mark. Hey. So what do we owe this special bonus edition to?
1: Well, um, today, Mark and I had the pleasure, I suppose, or the dubious pleasure of catching up with the uh, at a very safe distance, of course, uh, with Brian Tomaki and the rest of the Freedom Rights Coalition as they marched through Wellington.
2: Actually, the, the start of the day, I think, maybe was um, was a foretelling of what was to come. So when the last convoy hit Wellington, what was that back in February, uh, the that day, I drove into work all the way from Porer into Wellington, and most of the bridges might have had between 10 and 40 people on them, waving flags, lots of voices for freedom signs. Uh, there was obviously a big turnout and a lot of support. This morning when I drove in with the new convoy turning up, there was one guy with two flags on one bridge, and that was it. <laughs> a little bit of a difference.
1: Um, But, you know, there's also people who have been following the convoy over the past couple of days because um, there was some overnight stops for the South Island tour. I think they probably started traveling on about Saturday and they spent Saturday night in Christchurch, apparently. And then they were going to go on to Picton and kind of come over like Monday. Um, Of course, it's gone through the news now that... uh, Broken planes, broken boats, broken highways, um, you know, actually yeah. God, really, if you want to come and think, if you want so, to put a,
2: yeah, indeed, indeed. a term
1: to it. Um, so, so the cross-channel enough- ferry
2: just just didn't run, right? They basically said, apologies, last minute, the ferry's not working, tough, you're stuck in Nelson. Yeah. Maybe, maybe God's
0: sending them a sign. I know, <laughs> he right? doesn't approve of these <laughs> <laughs> Protest, But,
1: um, but what's, I think, Craig, you and I follow a lot of the same people on Twitter and they were keeping a close eye on what the convoy was doing and the numbers were not impressive, you know, even at 40 cars. And that's enough to, you know, cause a bit of a upset on the highway if they're going about 70 kilometres an hour on a 100-kilometre-per-hour road um, or motorway, I should say. Um, there wasn't much and we didn't see any bikers, um, none of Tom McKee's um, my, uh, motorcycle club. So yeah, that was really interesting
2: that that was weird. Normally, when the um, the marches go from Civic Square up to Parliament, I can hear the bikes go past on the way. They like to rev a lot all the way up Lambton Key until they get to Parliament. And it was just silent today. The first thing I knew was when Bronmin messaged me from Parliament saying, oh, they've just arrived. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize they'd left yet. So, yeah, that was another sign that things weren't really quite as big as they've been before.
1: Mm. Mm. I mean, that doesn't stop anyone from having really bad math. I mean, Hannah Tamaki was saying that there's 4,000, 5,000 people there. Um, <laughs> no. Counter protesters <laughs> were guessing maybe a grand, maybe a thousand. I think um, I'm more along the lines with The Guardian um, in Australia, thinking that maybe about 1,200 to 1,500 people on the um, with freedom and rights, potentially. Mm. But having been there in February, they were nowhere near capacity you know, that original protest in February, that was pretty much from fence to fence, edge, lo- edge you know, east to west of uh, parliament property. Um, but here, this time, it was a lot of green space. And I wonder if a lot of that had to do with it being a Brian Tomachy special and people sort of getting the gist that it was going to be about him, re- you know, sort of talking a bit more about this umbrella coalition that he's pretty much going to be running Um mm and Voices for Freedom having started to really distance themselves from this convoy action.
2: So Voices for Freedom, they'd sent out an email, right?
1: Well, um, yeah, I think it was an email to their membership, but um, it was also posted on their website. They had this, you know, this bit of a spiel about how they don't agree with the convoys, and they had other plans. And, of course, we talked about those other plans in our last podcast, Um, you know, in terms of being able to reach out to the – what is it, the – hesitant middle or the um, indecisive middle or the wibbly the wobbly middle
2: wobbly middle yeah yeah
1: um, so you know we know about what they're trying to do with the local body um, local body elections and that's sort of blowing up in their face as we so speak mm.
0: Mm. yeah so do you think this is all really just a publicity stunt by Tamaki to launch this new political party
2: uh- absolutely. <laughs> Seems pretty likely. I mean, it really was all about him. Like, the, you know, the first speaker, um, Hecky, I've forgotten his surname, but I've seen him before. I'm pretty sure he was the one that was speaking at um, the Counterspin media tour that I went on. He basically did a 10-minute introduction just waxing lyrical about how amazing... Brian Tamaki was. And it was almost like he died for our sins. You know, he went to jail for our sins. He spent 10 days. Do you know how bad it is being in jail for 10 days? And then afterwards, he was under house arrest. And this is awful. It's like, we were all in lockdown. We've all tried house arrest. We know what it's like. But but that's longer than Jesus was dead for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it, it, it really was just, you know, it was like, this introduction, just trying to build up the crowd for how amazing this man was. And part of the crowd was very excited because a part of the crowd, I'm pretty sure, was Destiny Church. The rest of the crowd would cheer if it was anti-government sentiment. But as Hmm. soon as it was pro-Brian, they were a lot more muted. They're less interested in Brian Tamaki than they are with overthrowing the government.
1: Hmm. Hmm. And and I had a chance to sort of have a bit of a re-listen of some of the most disastrous live streams on behalf of um, Tamaki supporters that I've ever seen in my life, and yeah, like even then the response and the applause very muted. Um, it wasn't a big cheer from the crowd. It was very much people. I think a lot of people, you know, from the more fringe elements, were they're expecting something a bit more ambitious and flamboyant because this was a people's court, you know.
2: Mm. Um, so, so at this time, I actually turned up with a work colleague and the two of us went right into the middle. It, it was sparse enough, although it kind of looked busy in the middle, it was still sparse enough. It's not like a, a rock concert crowd. We could get right up to the front without any problems, just kind of weaving between people. So we got up so nice was, and close. Was there a,
0: wh- was there a watch pit?
2: Uh, no, sadly not. And there wasn't even really any music at all. At least the last protest had some music. Right. Um, but while I was there, Bronwyn was actually down at the counter protest, which seemed pretty large.
1: Yeah, well, I think probably they were a bit more um, still quite small. I do agree. Probably numbers were in about the 200 to 300 people. But they kept it was a very lively atmosphere before Brian Tomicki came around the corner. People were dancing the YMCA and Lily Allen. Um at one point NZ United came around the corner um at the top of the staircase because we were by the cenotaph on the ground, um waiting for Brian for waiting for the march to come through. And there was a bit of a jeering match between us singing um Lily Allen's um thank you very much and NZ United saying, Oh, you should come join us, you know, mask or no mask, you're safe with us. The counter protest was organized by um Ponecki anti-fascist coalition. And I, I don't think it would have been, no one would have been safe. But having said that, I mean, you know, I, as I keep on saying, I was following Twitter and seeing what the vibe was and what other experienced organizers were saying. And I think up until people were seeing that what the convoy was looking like, there was still a lot of anxiety. People were feeling that this is really, uns- this is going to be unsafe. This is how you need to protect yourself. You know, make sure that you have a buddy and your face is covered and you're not being picked up by cameras, what to do if you're injured, um, lots of stuff like that. But when I end up showing up on the, when I was there for the counter-protest, good vibe with the counter-protesters. Um, the police were really effective at making sure that um, the Freedom Rights Coalition just kept on moving. You know, there was jeering on both sides. The counter-protesters were not the ones who egged Tamaki as far as I'm aware, nobody at the Cenotaph anyways. Um, Brian Tomke did get an egg, well, a couple of eggs missed him down by the Lush store at the old (laughs) bank building. Um, But yeah, no, as I said, the police were really effective at just getting everyone moving along. I think probably within 15, 20 minutes of the event in front of the beehive starting. I think the counter protest sort of um, dissipated.
0: So how long did the um, how long did the mock trial thing go on for? Uh,
2: oh well, hang oh. on, hang on. We, we haven't got to the mock trial yet. Oh, we, I mean, right. okay. After after Brian's ten minute intro from one of his biggest fans and his right hand man, Brian came on himself, and man, he can talk. Um, he kept asking for more time. He just kept going and going and. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was all about him again and how much he suffered, but how he's doing it for other people and his plans to bring everybody together. And before the trial, the big thing he had was the announcement of this political party, this new party that they're starting, that they have they're getting loads of people on board, apparently, um, and that I, I think we've been joking, Bronwyn, about describing this as uh, variations on a damp squib, like a wet squid and a, a soggy octopus and this oh, kind of thing.
1: And, and I said a drowned cephalopod is really <laughs> what it was closest to. Like it was.
2: Yeah. yeah. So so the political party announcement, he's basically talking about how he's united three parties and he's got another two that are coming on board. Uh, he wasn't going to name names, but when he asked the crowd, the crowd cheered for the names, So we got to hear the names. Here are the three political parties. So the first one is Vision NZ, which is the Destiny Church political party. He's not uniting this. This is already him. (laughs) This is his own political party. Of course, this is joining his new cause. Uh, The second one was, is it New Nation NZ? I think
0: it's a political party that
2: nobody's ever heard of and nobody cares about. Um, And the third one it turns out isn't even confirmed, and I'm pretty sure isn't going to be confirmed, the Outdoors and Freedoms Party. I don't think Sue Gray is going to be beholden to Brian Tamaki. I don't think she's going to hand over the reins of her own political party that she co-leads in order to come under Brian. I just can't see it happening. No, definitely not.
0: And what about Matt what about King's party?
2: Uh, No mention of any other party. So the other two, they didn't tell us who they were. So I don't know. But they did talk about um, Sharma and how he should give Brian Tamaki a call because they'd love to hear from him like they're vultures. They're just waiting for, you know, any disaffected MP. It kind of uh, it rings like Jamie Lee Ross, right? you know, become independent and then end up joining some conspiracy party. I hope he doesn't. I hope as a GP he's got enough common sense yeah. that he knows what's what. <laughs> and there's been little evidence on it over the last few weeks. <laughs> now,
1: now, I think there's something we need to talk about, the date, the importance of the date. Now, Ooh, yes. for people who aren't quite aware of New Zealand politics, um, on August 23rd, 2004, Brian Homme, was still was back in operation back then. He organized a massive march, the "Enough Is Enough" march, and that was against the civil union, um, civil union amendment or civil um, civil union bill. So, mm. in 2013, New Zealand legalized gay marriage. Prior to that, 2004, August 23rd, march about wanting to legalize civil unions, which would give the same confer the same amount of rights mm. as gay marriage without it being a,
0: a stepping stone, really.
1: Yeah. Um, And, you know, this was a very scary and intimidating march for a lot of people.
2: It did look scary. I don't think I was in the country at the time, but having seen video of it, they were all dressed the same. Right. I think some in black, some in white, maybe it looked like militant.
1: Yeah. And and some people were saying that some of the merch from that time um, people were wearing today and they were. And Hannah Tamaki, when she sort of opened up this whole people's court, she kind of glossed over what they were initially marching for. She was saying, oh, you know, it's about families. We were marching for families back then, 18 years ago. We're marching for families now. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 no. You were very much homophobic. And that's what you're marching for then. Um, That was the
0: the nuclear family.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, someone pointed that out to him. The other day in one of the newspapers, and he claimed that, you know, oh no, it wasn't intentional, but I think probably they had some mm. merchandise in the back, and, you know, enough is enough. Same sort of feeling, maybe a little bit of a different energy this time around. Seemed like a good match.
2: Mm. So, celebrity spotting. Um, Brahmin and I both did a little bit of celebrity spotting. Brahmin, you, you sent me a picture first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um oh. saw Chantelle Baker, um, she oh, was hang on, hang
2: p- on, hang on. I thought you said you were celebrity spotting. oh oh, burn
1: (laughs) well world famous in new zealand is that what we're going to call it
2: (laughs) world famous in skeptical circles that's about as much as she gets yeah
1: um apparently she had been at the counter protest earlier um but by the time i saw her um she was walking as part of the main pro um, the main freedom rights coalition march so i was able to get a couple pictures of her um who was your celebrity mark
2: Yeah. So in response to this, so Bronwyn had sent this great photo of Chantal Baker. And I'm like, oh, oh, who's in my part of the crowd? Who can I say? I turn to my right. There's Kelvin Alp there pointing his mobile phone on a selfie stick at me. I think it's just coincidental. It might be because, you know, me and my work colleague were about the only two people in the crowd with masks on. But... It might just be something else. I don't know. But he was pointing basically sideways. wasn't pointing towards Brian Tamaki at all. But he really looked undercover. So, Kelvin Alp was there. um, The guy that runs Counterspin, like blue jeans, black hoodie, his hood up just looking a little bit shifty and a little bit like he didn't want people to see that he was there, which is odd. I mean, people know who he is. It's not like he's going to go unnoticed. So I'm not quite sure why he was like that. And, you know, not somewhere at the front, but there he was in the middle of the crowd. So I got a nice couple of photos of him, which made me very happy.
1: (laughs) And I got a couple of photos of the Freedom Rights Coalition as they came on through. If you were following about the Voices for Freedom withdrawing support Um, from the coalition. One of the things that they put down in their um, email or in their um, newsletter was that they request that no one use Voices for Freedom signs. Hmm. And we were kind of thinking amongst ourselves before the protest, like, how are they going to police that? But to everyone's credit, only one person had a Voices for Freedom sign.
0: And i got a picture of it.
2: We should have got Voices for Freedom signs and all turned up with them. That's what we should have done.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did, we did plan that, but uh, <laughs> we're not quite as committed as the, the weirdos are.
1: But I have to say, I mean, given that a lot of the counter-protest was very much about, hey, Brian Tomaki, he's anti-LGBTQ, you know, they're misogynists. I'm not surprised that we're seeing that distance between Destiny Church Brian Tamaki and Voices for Freedom. Um, one of the things I was reading about in a Guardian article today is that in 2000, Brian Tamaki very much was evangelizing that women in leadership is the devil's strategy. Mm. And you know, could Tamaki share the stage with Claire Deeks and Alia and the rest? Don't think so.
0: Mm. Well, what, do, what Hannah Tamaki thinks about that?
1: Mm. Well, Hannah Tamaki gets a job as being Speaker of the House, but uh, it's not like Brian Tamaki is going to blaze any innovative trails by co-leading with his wife No, would he
2: Mm. no no she'd have to be in a, a job lower than him presumably couldn't have it any other way because that's what god wants and actually speaking of god he did talk about how, you know, the politicians are just voted in and these people are there by the will of the people. And, you know, they'll be leaving at some point. But he said, you know, not not to be too uh, boastful, but I'm in the position I'm in because God put me there. God has chosen me. And it was like, oh, my goodness, the (laughs) cheek of this man. Um, Yeah, really full of himself with the idea that he is God ordained. He has been selected for this job.
0: Well, well, Monty Python did write a musical about him.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I'd ever made the connection, but maybe it is all about him. <laughs> he's not the Messiah, he's just a naughty boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I he think Brian is, Ryan Tom, is. a little bit more than a naughty boy. He is an absolute menace to New Zealand society, <laughs> in my opinion.
2: <laughs> well said. I like the caveat. Now we can't be sued. Awesome. <laughs>
1: um but mark should we talk a little bit about the people's trial that took forever to get to (laughs) Uh,
2: yeah so brian took for far talk for far too long but we did eventually get to the trial and it wasn't until it started that i noticed that they had the whole get up there they had a desk and a big old chair and it had um scales on it and there was uh an older member of destiny or some conspiracy minded group who was there in black robes and he had the wig on and he had a gavel. He was like the whole thing, except Craig, you might have something to say about that, that maybe that they overdid it. Well, yes. And,
0: um, and according to a very good source, our, our friend, our lawyer, who's been on the podcast before, uh, apparently gavels are not used in New Zealand. And so oh. it's really just a, 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 an Americanism, I guess, that uh, in the States, and when you see law and order or whatever, these um, TV programs with uh, courts in them, when the judge bangs the gavel, that's a very American thing, but we don't have that here in New Zealand. So it's <laughs> completely inappropriate.
2: Well, we do have it now. It turns out that the New People's Court has everything, including the gavel. Um, And it it was well done. I mean, I have to be honest here. As a piece of public theater, they did it really well. They must have rehearsed and rehearsed because it went smoothly. Um, It was kind of a joy to watch in a perverse way. Obviously, total and utter nonsense. I mean, you know, it's nothing legal. It has no bearing on anything. But they did a really good job of it. And and well played to them, and and there was nobody speaking for the defence.
1: Yeah, yeah, they um, they only heard <laughs> from the prosecution this time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> of course they invited anybody from Parliament to come out in defence of themselves, um, but nobody's going to be stupid enough to risk their lives coming out to a hostile crowd like that. There was a lot of booing. So the way it went, basically, and and I think Bromwin you'd left by this point. I stayed for the first a witness that they called mm. so they had basically um hecky again acting as a a lawyer and then they had the judge and then they would call witnesses up to a little stand that they had the stand and the first witness came up and it was personal story so this woman she had a tragic story it was really unfortunate to hear a lot of it seemed to be of her own doing a lot of the problems that she'd had around lockdowns and violence and, and other issues seems to have been caused by her own bad choices, but she still went through a lot of horrible stuff. And you could see it really worked on the crowd that every time it was mentioned that the government told me this, the government did that, the government made me do this. The crowd would boo at the word government. They were really kind of getting into that bit of it. Um, and I, I think like through the afternoon as these kinds of things were happening, it was nice to see in the background that it seemed that slowly more and more police were coming out. I think they were... I think they had very few police at the beginning, but I think they were kind of looking at the crowd sentiment and deciding how many police they needed, depending on whether it looked like it was going. Okay. I think they didn't want to poke the bear straight away and, you know, have 200 policemen at the front. So there might've only been like 15, 20 policemen lined up at the front, but the numbers were definitely getting bigger as the sentiment was getting more negative. Mm.
0: That, um, and from what you're describing there, that sounds pretty exploitative that they're running this show trial for sort of entertainment purposes, but yet they've got somebody who has got some real grievances and is possibly being sort of conned into this and in that you're going you, to stand up and you're going to tell your story and it's going to have an emotional effect. And you may be been conned into thinking that, well, actually something is actually going to come out of this, where in fact, really, it's just there for show.
1: And that's something I feel still remains to be proven or a little bit uncertain. I mean, there was somebody who was driving around in a fake sheriff's, you know, sovereign citizen sheriff's vehicle Mm. prior to the protest. No nooses this time, unlike in February, which was, you know, I suppose a low bar for comfort. Um, (laughs) I think people were expecting like an actual sentence to be delivered upon parliament. Um, but the so on the quote unquote justice Southie, I believe his name was, um, he just sort of left it vague for people to uh, act out or meet out as they see pro- appropriate, which was
2: <laughs> yeah, so you you yeah. sent us the um there was a tweet that quoted what he said, and it was, yeah, something about leaving people to decide what an appropriate sentence was as and when the opportunity arose, which kind of sounds like random acts of violence kind of thing, like suggesting, you know, that people kick off and, and cause issues where they're able to, which was a little bit scary. But yeah. So rather than watching the end of it, um, and that there was an end and the end came by the sounds of things pretty soon after we left, Bromin and I just went for a coffee instead. That was much more sedate.
1: My, my autism sort of kicked in and I'm just like, I cannot. <laughs> um, but I did actually have a chance to watch. Um, I watched it when I came home. I watched a bunch of really terrible live streams that were all mashed together. I think I can I can happily, you know, the stories were very very sad. For at least there was three more people who talked. The story was really sad for definitely two of them. The fourth of them, I'm happy to talk about. His name was Steve Oliver. He owned an MMA gym in Auckland, and they were fined it would be twenty four thousand dollars. Yeah. For, um, knowingly letting unvaccinated staff work. Now his argument and the argument that sort of weaved on through the others was that, you know, you know, this is good for the kids. I'm offering something that's great for the kids. You know, think about the hard life that the kids are having at home and they don't have my gym or, you know, the school to go to, and there's violence at home. And it's, you know, it's, it's wrenching, you know,
2: yeah yeah so i think we we covered that at the time in the newsletter that and the um the lotus restaurant the yeah. two of them were both being fined right
1: mm. and yeah update on lotus heart um they did not show up at court this week or the oh. other week yeah
2: oh okay that's so that's bad. escalating then if they're refusing to engage
1: yeah yeah so i'm <laughs> waiting for the court step. i think it was around the end of july that this was reported so i'm waiting for that court summary to show up <laughs> and see what happens. But anyways, back on topic. So yeah, watch to the end of that. Um, again, nothing fantastic. Brian Tomicki and Hannah Tomicki and Michael, I think was their son. They came out and talked again. Um, Hannah tried to give a bit of a, hey, some of you didn't realize that Vision NZ is still out there. Um, but some of you do.
0: One thing that I've heard expressed about this new political party is that it actually may have a sort of the opposite effect that they're wanting because it's quite possibly going to draw votes away from the right wing parties such as national act Mm. and they might not get five percent in which case um they're essentially by forming this party they're taking votes away from the right and giving them to the left
2: Strengthening labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. So um, actually, when when I got back to the office, I jumped onto the Counterspin live stream. I don't know whether you managed to watch that at all, Bronwyn. Not um, the Counterspin, no. That was prices. As I said, Kelvin was there like a few people across from me in the crowd. So he was doing some of the live reporting along with others. But Hannah Spearer was back in the... The wherever newsroom? they do production, her garage or whatever the heck it is. The, green, with screen. the green screen. Was, yeah. I think
1: she, yeah, she's in front a green screen. <laughs>
2: um, but the tech person that was supposed to be helping her was nowhere to be seen. She kept like she was on air and she kept saying, you know, and it'd be great if I could get some tech help because something was going wrong. I think somebody might have accidentally like put something on the mixing desk and pushed the <laughs> Zoom button. But what would happen would be that basically the screen would go from showing Hannah to zooming in past her forehead to a very, very small part of the background. And then it would reset. And then within about five seconds, it would zoom in again and it would repeat. And I watched <laughs> it for like half an hour and this just kept going on and she did not know how to fix it. And she was trying <laughs> to talk away way around it. And it was just not happening. It was hilarious. But she thought maybe it was something just locally. But when they cut to the live feeds at Parliament, the same thing was happening. It kept having this same zooming in problem. <laughs> and it was painful full to watch but you know how i am i i couldn't peel my eyes away i just watched the whole thing
0: of course uh, since our last podcast uh the the breaking news is that chantelle baker has lost her page on facebook which is where she had all her live streams um and she was blaming stuff because of the fire and fury documentary that they uh um campaigned uh, to Facebook to get her page taken down. Well, that that's definitely not the case. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, was, and that revelation came from like Plunkett, hey, came from Sean Plunkett saying that, no, yes. no, it's nothing to do, with, it's not Paula, it's not Penfold and Circuit who did that. Like, it's yeah. everyone else in New Zealand um, who did. <laughs>
2: so yeah, exactly so like everyone we feel really sorry for Chantal Baker and we'll be raising money to help her get her channel back so if you'd like well, to well, donate we're,
1: we're, we're getting her the tiniest violin we can find
2: <laughs> yeah so but I but I noticed that she was there today as, as evidenced
0: by the the photograph you got of her I was just having a look on her channel on YouTube to see whether she had uh, put anything up there and uh, there's nothing from today on there so makes me wonder uh, whether her her live streaming has has in fact been stymied by not being able to be on, on Facebook anymore.
1: Um, apparently her um, intern, Farmer James, um, he was streaming and people were able to catch that.
2: Uh, he was, okay. he was,
1: uh, I'm not sure. Maybe she was streaming under his channel or he was doing some of the work.
2: Hang on, hang on. He's an, So he's one of the ground sp- swell people, Farmer James. Mm, yeah, I think he's but- become popular doing some of his own live streams, but he's an intern for Chantel.
0: That's the joke oh. on Twitter.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. So-
0: So, uh, um, actually, I've actually had a look at her other page on Facebook, which she's calling Operation People. And it seems that she was live streaming there today. Right.
1: And I think we need to talk about uh, Operation People, something that we should be talking about because her merch is exceedingly, it's, it's blatantly transphobic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but doubtless. I mean, you know, she's tried to make it subtle, but she's not done a very good job of it.
1: And, you know, this is another way that, you know, they don't quite go about this in Fire and Fury, but this is another way in which American right wing conservative politics is infecting, you know, the New Zealand mis- misinformation stream and misinformation media. Um, and yeah, again, you know, I no, I I don't have any idea of Voices for Freedom um, sort of leans into the transphobia. Uh, but but it's quite it was quite meaningful today because georgina byer who is what new zealand's first transgender mayor and transgendered um, mp um they were part of the counter protest because back again Mm. 18 years ago she was in the front of the line staring down destiny church and again Mm -hmm. she sort of gave a rousing speech to the counter protesters um 18 years later but one thing that came to my mind because a few months ago i wrote an article for the newsletter about you know. How we have, you know, doctor, medical practitioner, midwife; these are all protected terms. Who is this ju- this justice Southey? And you know, again, could he potentially be fined? I suppose by the legal fraternity is lawyer or justice a protected term in terms of what you're meant to imply and what you're meant who you're representing? Um, I look at the Lawyers and Conveyancers Act of 2006. Um, there is something about misleading descriptions.
2: Yeah, I, I'd still argue that when you're on the steps of Parliament in an obvious um, staged of piece of theatre, yes. that really, you know, whether you're calling yourself a doctor, a judge or God, nobody's going to try and sue you for it. Yes, I, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the steps of Parliament.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if he was essentially an actual lawyer. You
2: know. Yeah, that would be a different thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine maybe the law society would be embarrassed at the least. Uh, although I also imagine they're reluctant to kick anybody out because, you know, you're kicking out a lawyer. And as we've <laughs> talked about before, lawyers can defend themselves for free. Even if it's a stupid thing to do, they can still do it.
1: Yeah. So.
0: And apparently people who aren't even lawyers can defend themselves, as yeah. is the case of Donald Trump.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have lawyers. But who anyway, go to, let's
0: not get into that. <laughs> and no. then you have lawyers
1: who go to imaginary courts in uh, foreign countries, like uh, good old Sue Gray is actually in Nuremberg. <laughs>
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. So Sue Gray is doing that. And I think she was part of another court a few years ago. But mm. yeah, um, she was mentioned by name that, you know, she wasn't there to sign the paper. Therefore, they haven't joined. But let, let's just wait and see whether the Outdoors and Freedoms Party ever joins this new Freedoms Party. I, mm. I'd be very surprised.
1: I mean, so if you're going to ask us, you know, what's her overall you know, review yeah, of this protest.
2: Ask us. What's our overall review of the yeah, protest? Ask, right. Dare you, okay. dare
1: you. Let me let me let me convey my deep disappointment, but also relief. I mean it could have been <laughs> you know- hang on, he hasn't <laughs> asked yet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry for jumping the gun.
0: <laughs> okay. On a scale of one to five. Ooh, that's not many. <laughs> on a an excitement Rating, where (laughs) one is incredibly boring and uh, five is the best day you've ever had in your life. How do you rate that?
1: It's a two. (laughs) I will admit to some initial anticipation, um, but as the day wore on, I mean, it was more relief that it didn't turn out more violent than it did. And people dispersed really quickly afterwards. Um, I think there's very few stragglers. But Mark, you said you were planning to go by afterwards. So did you see anyone camp out?
2: No, as soon as I realised that everybody had actually gone home, I didn't. And I, I'm just wondering: is this the Ono oh Bromwin and Mark podcast, or the Yeah Nah podcast? <laughs> On a rating of one we to five, we all have to take our inspiration from someplace. <laughs> um. <sighs> So what? What was at the two ends of the scale? Thankfully, goat sperm was at neither end. But- <laughs> and I'll tell you that I know Ross and Kerry have a one to ten scale, not a one to five. Oh, it's been a while oh, since I've listened. Anyway, what what are my two extremes of the scale? The best day ever, and <laughs> uh, no, the the most boring day
0: ever was one, and uh, the, the best day ever was five or something like
2: that. Yeah, <sighs> three and a half. I, oh, I mean, it was, okay. you know, it, it, was above, Generous. Generous. it was a good day. It, like three is an average day. Right. And this was above average because I got to see Brian Tamaki and I've never seen him live before. Oh. And I got to see Kelvin Alp and I don't think I've ever seen him in the flesh before either. So <laughs> I <ticked laughs> He, he was more than list. in the
1: flesh for you there, uh, Mark. <laughs> he was uh, kind of uncomfort- uncomfortably close.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. pointing his camera I'll- at me. One thing I want to know is is do do either did you get close enough to determine whether either of those two gentlemen smell?
2: Cuz I suspect no. they
0: probably do. Uh,
2: if I'd known this was my homework task, I would have gone up <laughs> and done that. Let me know in advance. I, I, I'd
1: say I'd say he looked um alp looked pre- was it alp or Arp? alp? Alp looked pretty tidy. Looked Kelvin pretty Alp.
0: Clean. Yeah, he Kelvin looked pretty alp clean. Is, uh, yeah, so there's Kelvin Elp and there's Philip
2: Arps, isn't there? Arps, yeah, plural. Most people up. call him they're, Arp.
1: They're kind of doing the same thing.
2: Um, Yeah, okay, so I'm going to start a new podcast soon. Mark sniffs a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Every week I tell you what another conspiracy theorist smells like. I wonder whether Chantel Baker even smells a little bit off after a few hours of live streaming. I mean, you've got to sweat.
1: I, I think that would... um earn you like a harassment charge and
0: a uh, <laughs> training order
2: it'd so, be totally
0: so, worth it in my in my opinion brian tamaki either smells really bad or he smells of old spice uh, which,
2: i was gonna say old spice pretty, uh, exactly anyway
1: <laughs> this is that taking is a, a turn but that I is an expect. archetypal
2: old spice smelling man yes <laughs> <laughs> no. he just had these like rainbow wrap round sunglasses on today that made him look oh so cool in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> indeed
1: but who knows right. you know maybe if people were able to get over on the boats or you know make their flights could it have been a more interesting event a more spicy event hard no. to
2: tell no you don't think very so? unlikely that a few people from the South Island would have made much of a difference
0: mm. Mm. so do you think this is the last of it that that we're not going to see anymore
1: it's going to Peter it's going to it's going to keep on going but I think it's going to be diminishing returns from here on out until election and then Mm. it'll be quiet for a couple years and then either it's going to be vision and Z again another coalition party until the day Brian and Hannah die
2: yeah he told us he's not going anywhere as I said you know he's been chosen by God so as other people come and go he's still there Mm.
1: (sighs) But um, in the Guardian article I read today, they're saying that there's been about a 2000 membership drop for Destiny Church since about 2004.
2: Wow. Okay. That's mm. quite a drop, but yeah. a gradual drop if it's that's 18 mm. years, right? So, yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. But I mean, you think about how much money that is. And they noted that campuses in Poirua and Dunedin and other places, um, those branches have been shut down. Though I know that in Wellington, they sort of, you know, are. Our branch down in Lower Hutt, that's also shut down. They no longer meet at that Nine Eye College. I think they instead, they all sort of meet either if they're not zooming in online, they are meeting, doing two or three sessions downtown.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wellington small enough that even years ago, they talked about how they they bus people around. So I think it was between here and somewhere up the coast, maybe Waikanae or further. And they, I think one week they bus everybody into town and the next week they might have bust everybody out to the other location just so that they'd only run a service in one place and they keep it full. But I imagine Auckland's still pretty large, despite the fact that he might be losing in other places. His base is in Auckland. People get to see him every week. I imagine that's still quite a draw. Yes.
0: Imagine the sad life you lead that uh, seeing Brian Tamaghi once
2: a week is uh, some excitement. <laughs>
1: Well, what is it? It's, it's, you know, the closest that so many people will get to a celebrity.
2: He's an apostle. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's a, you know, he's a godly man. He's probably as close as God to any of us will ever get.
1: He's flashy. (laughs) He's going to be wearing the most expensive shirt some people have ever seen. You know, he has the (laughs) nicest car some people will have ever seen. You know, he's the epitome of success in your own neighborhood, in your own backyard.
2: And one day before I die, I will sniff him. Gross! (laughs) <laughs> ah, gross! <laughs> oh no! Okay, I'm going to hold you to that, mate. The gauntlet has been thrown down. I accept the challenge. I will sniff Brian Tamaki.
0: Okay, well, this is an exchange for you not dressing up in a lobster, lobster costume at uh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Peterson.
2: Yeah, I really wanted to do that one. I don't think we've talked about it in the podcast yet, but I was challenged to dress as a lobster, but it turns out that the Jordan Peterson fans have taken the lobster as a mascot, so I just look like a supporter and not a demonstrator, so I'm not going somewhere to support Jordan Peterson by dressing as a lobster. <laughs> Right. I think our time is up. Yeah, very much so. Thank you for joining us, Craig, even though you didn't come to the protest. (laughs) I feel like I did now.
0: (laughs) Thanks
1: for being being our moderator.
2: (laughs) You're welcome. All right. So you
0: have been listening to the Year Now podcast. If you'd like to give us some feedback, you can write to us at news at skeptics.nz. Bye for now.
2: Bye.
1: See you later.